0: is up everybody welcome to toffee blues usa this is toffee blues usa i usually say messed up my spiel already this is jerry coming to you probably not live from winston-salem north carolina this is toffee blues usa your source for all things everton american style what does that mean well i don't have really cool ways of saying things that's what it means like my english counterparts uh, joining me today, I have uh, another special guest. This is my first time meeting this uh, this fellow, and uh, and he's got a companion with him as well. Uh, please, please welcome Forrest and Chai, who you may see some
1: of. Right, we'll see, we'll <laughs> see. But it's it's nice to be here, Jerry. Appreciate y'all having me on.
0: Uh, so just for for the folks for the folks watching and listening, Chai is his hound dog. Very cute. Came in, busted in earlier. It's really cool. We will welcome interruptions from chat. No doubt. So, so, Forrest, let's get through all the all the whats, and then we'll get to more of the whys and hows. So, first, where are you? Where are you located, man?
1: So, uh, right now, I live in Annapolis, Maryland. Um, I'm originally from Charlotte, North Carolina. I actually just moved up here about, about three months ago now. Uh, me and my girlfriend. It was just an opportunity for us. i would lived in Charlotte my whole life, um, so it was just an opportunity for us to be somewhere new, to be close to DC, which is really helpful with finding a job for my degree. So. Um, yeah. It's nice up here. Just, just a little expensive, you know, it's yeah. Maryland.
0: so, so to be super intrusive, what's your degree?
1: So uh, I graduated from UNC Charlotte uh, with a degree in international public relations and a minor in journalism. Um, ideally, this is, this is like my dream scenario is I get a job at Everton. Um, I work in their fan engagement department and eventually work my way up to be director of communications at the club. You know, that's uh, just, just what we'll, we'll, I'll just touch on this. Um, uh, a couple of years ago when I was at oh, so <laughs> um, I met Alan Myers um, we had some interaction on Twitter and I was told I told him I was coming over you know and just I don't really remember why or what the context was we was like hey well bring me a uh, bring me a box of baby Ruth candy bars because my, uh, my niece loves them I'm like okay great I couldn't find a single box of Baby Ruth candy bars. Are you kidding? Like, I sorted box. I, got, you know, there was like Hershey's chocolate, Baby Ruth, Milky Way. He's like, oh, well, I love the Milky Way bars, so this is perfect. So he he took me on like a private tour at Goodison. It was fantastic. I got to see some places that you don't usually get to see in the tour. Um, got to see like the boardroom and stuff like that. Um, and then afterwards, I, he went and got me a kid at the, at the club store. It was fantastic. But when we were walking along the pitch, I was he, he was like, you know, so – what would you want to do if you work for the club? And I looked at him like, Alan, you know, I would want your job. And he's like, okay, well, I might give it to you. Um, <laughs> so that, that's been a dream of mine for a long time. Yeah. That's awesome. What,
0: Kick-ass story. That's really cool. I'm like geeking out over here, man. That's, that's very cool. Cause you were like, cause you were so specific. And I was like, I was like, oh, he's totally like, Thought everything through. That was awesome. That's why I had that goofy grin on my face. And then you were like, "Oh, by the way, I met Alan, and I saw how very real this could be." And I was like, "Oh, great
1: guy! I love yeah. Alan. He's so down to earth. I mean, his time at the club was, was such a such a blessing, and it was sad to see him go. Um, and mm. you know, circumstances behind it are, are definitely at conjecture, but he's still very much involved on social media, just just with the fans in general. He, he definitely is an Evertonian at heart, and it, it's it's such a, a great thing to still be friends with him."
0: I mean, he interacts with supporters all the time online,
1: you know. He's away from it,
0: yeah, which is really cool. Um, so, your local supporters group in, or do you do you uh, participate in one up in DC? or Are you still tied to one? Uh, I don't know. Maybe in the Charlotte area.
1: So, so Charlotte's definitely still more near and dear to my heart. Um, I was actually just in Charlotte over this past weekend. Um, so yeah, I, was, I was there for uh, Thursday till yesterday um, just seeing some family seeing some friends I went to um, to QCBC where the toffees meet in Charlotte um, I actually worked there for three years um, it, it's funny I, I started that bar up um, and then the current owner Everett he took over um, and, and then I, I got another job offer and, and went away but he was an Everton fan and he made it an Everton bar um, and you know I sat there and just like old times I watched us lose to Southampton um, you know, it, it was like I never left, honestly. Uh, but it, was, it, was, it was good to see everybody again. Cam is pretty much the leader of the group in terms of the social media activity and, and posting and getting people together. He's a great guy. He's been doing it for a long time. Um, and just to name drop one more person, Roger Smith. Um, oh, and
0: I know both of them.
1: I love, I love Raj, man. He's, he's a firecracker, man. He's always down for the Darby's and he's stirring up trouble. And I love it because we need that. We need that faith. Dude.
0: Dude, Roger, Roger is uh, is an absolute force of nature. He's uh, yeah, you know, like he's up here. In, I'm in Winston, and that's where he lives too. And so I see him at the Wake games all the time, the Wake Forest uh, games. Uh, well, when they were allowing fans, you know what I mean. They're still allowing supporters, so Roger's usually there yes. at those. I'm sure. But uh, but yeah, he's he's connected me to a decent amount of Everton based stuff. He's a he's a cool guy. And Cam Cam had on the show actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah yeah it's, that's why when i was when i was saying that about your local support i was like i was like i know where this is going yeah. i know that he was <laughs> that's my insider light stalking that i've done
1: <laughs> i haven't had a lot of interaction with baltimore dc ones yet um yeah. mostly because of covid There's just, just not people going out as much um but I, i'm sure i'll get to know them as i continue to live up here um i, I really would love to meet them i know there's uh there's an everton bar in annapolis called fado it's an irish bar mm-hmm. um but times i went there were never any everton fans there um and they've got like it's weird because it's an everton bar but the owner is a liverpool fan from ireland you know big shock but uh it's it it is what it is you know he he, you know there's a lot of liverpool memorabilia there's a lot of everton memorabilia i I prefer to just watch it at home at this point you know it's the comfort of my home i can sit there and wake up 10 minutes before the match and i have to get ready and i call myself a pint it's okay i got this
0: Yeah, um, I am hoping to bring my whole family down to uh, to Queen City Bites and Crafts. I'm I'm hoping to do that. I have to do it at a, at a time where my kids don't have games. That is my big, my, the big you know big stinky not so fast. That I can't I can't handle that yet. But I will get there. Uh, talking to Cam about it. Talk to Roger about it. Uh, I really I really do want to get down there to watch a game. And that's what's funny is I may actually meet you there one of these yeah. weekends too which is crazy and awesome meeting another person that i did a show with you know very cool <laughs> um so let's so that's more your local supporters is more carolina toffees um in charlotte uh you told me a really good everton story but why uh, why are you an everton supporter how are you an everton supporter
1: so that's, that's the question I get asked the most. Whenever I talk to somebody over here about soccer, you know, I tell my support Everton, like, oh, why is that? Um, you know, I can chalk it up to the fact that they've had a good amount of American players playing for them. Uh, you know, Tim Howard was such a long-time servant of the club, um, did some great things, really is pushing the game, and America still for, for Everton. Um, Dan Donovan played there a couple of times. Um, but really where it started was in high school, um, the high school I went to believe it or not, was pretty big into soccer. It was a really small private school, but but a lot of the kids watch soccer still. Um, what was it? So it was called Arbor Brook Christian Academy. Um, okay it real really, really small. Um I had a graduating class of nine kids. So holy
0: hand grenade. That is not that is wow. Yeah, <laughs> That's I, different than my Reynolds high school public school experience. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, I went from Weddington Middle, which was like a 1,200-person school, to a, a school that had never had more than 46 kids in the high school at one time. Um, basketball team, though, that was a big thing to be a part of. But um, soccer was, a, you know, a thing that a lot of people watched there. Um, so in, in, like, ninth grade, I started watching it just to try to fit in a little bit because a lot of these kids had known each other for a long time. Um, and I was just watching what was ever on ESPN. So it was usually I was watching Manchester United. I guess I was a facto fan of them, uh, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, et cetera. Um, it came to the FA Cup semifinals where Everton beat United on penalties. And I was watching that. And I just, I, you know, Tim Howard was obviously playing for the Blues at the time. But I kind of just fell in love. You know, just, just that penalty shootout, watching Howard make those saves, just just the pure elation from, I remember, you know, a very poignant moment was when Bill Kenwright, like just is lifting his arms up and he's just, just like screaming to the heavens. And like, and in that moment, I was like, that's like, I saw like somebody's love for their club. I didn't know who the guy was at the time. Uh-huh. You know, just another person to stand yeah. I just it just hit in that moment i was like i want that's that's my team i'm going to support them you know there's another moment where howard's walking toward the towards the Everton fans on that side of wembley and he's just he's just swinging his arms back and he's lifting his arms up and it was such a great shot that really stuck with me and it's it's been it's been a very wild love affair ever since you know my hair has fallen out because of it it, it, it is what it is but uh you know it's never been a moment where i regretted supporting Everton. you know i love i love the club and yeah. as i the club more, and I like, got to know the people who support the club more and, and scousers and the people of Liverpool in general. Like, I just everything about the club and where it is, and it's just has been huge for me. I just love it. I, I'm totally in love with it. I would die for everything. That's what that's I would. But...
0: That's freaking beautiful, man. That's great. Uh, so, favorite, favorite Everton player?
1: Current squad, um, Richarlison, by far. I think, I think his passion for the club. Um, and, and the fact that he matches that passion on the pitch as well with his, with his work ethic. Yeah. He maybe gets a little hot headed at times. And maybe mm-hmm. he throws himself to the ground a little bit sometimes, but he, he is such a player that really embodies what I think Everton wants to show on the pitch. What I think the fans want to see on the pitch is a player who gives their all for the club, yeah. regardless of how they're playing is going to continue to give their all for as long as they're on that pitch. If he really embodies oh, yeah. what I think the Everton spirit is.
0: Oh yeah. So that's one of the things that uh, I don't know. I, I like seeing someone who's not going to, they're, they're not going to change their game. Yes. You know what I mean? They're not going to change their game. You're, you're still going to see that same intensity every single weekend, week out. And, uh, and if he's missing chances, it's not because he doesn't have the, the metal, you know what I mean? It's, it's just because he just happens to miss them that day. We know he's, yeah, I'm, I i got all over Charleston. That's, that's a good, good call. Uh if you were any Everton player, like all of, all of them, one yeah. of them that's your personality. Which one is Forrest, like mm. personality? Every once in a while, I bring out this question because I am fascinated by the responses. I,
1: I'd I'd like to say Luca Dean, um, and this is just me totally going off the top of my head. Um, I'm not left-footed at all. I play wing back when I play footy, yeah. but. I'm definitely, I'll, I'll fill in on the left if I have to, but my left foot's not going to be doing too much for <laughs> than, you know, taking a touch. Um, I just, 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 he is another player who I think gives his all on the pitch. His, his head doesn't usually drop. Um, but, you know, as we saw over the weekend, he's kind of prone to some, to some, uh, some moments of hotheadedness, which I think, you know, I, I could have in my, myself. Mm-hmm. But just just his 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 professionalism, the way he carries himself on the pitch and off the pitch. is something I see in myself and the way I approach life as well. Um, in terms of just always trying to to give my best for everything, to to hone my craft and you know just just in whatever I do and, and continue to, to be professional and be loyal to the place I'm at. Yeah.
0: Like that. Very cool. See, that's see, I always love the the mindful responses I'm getting from folks on this. It's great. Gives me gives me some insight into your into your person uh yeah yes (laughs) Um, so uh another another question um let's say we sign a a big player like i don't know lukaku in 2014 are you the type of person to take like a, a blue pyro and run around outside is that your kind of thing
1: uh you know yeah. Yeah, yes. Yes it is. Yeah. That that's a video I'll, I'll never live down and I never want to live down. I was very No, happy.
0: don't don't live that down. <laughs> I,
1: was so, I was so happy. I was so happy in that moment just just to have him sign permanently. He was a player that was so big for us in Martinez's first season and I knew was the kind of player we needed to carry us on and I it was just just a saga over that summer just to wait and see what happened. I remember, you know, him dropping hints and pictures of him on plane and stuff. I remember Fans asking Martinez I, – I can't remember where they were having a friendly at. Um, he was coming, and he's like, yo, it's close, it's close. And then it happened, like, the next day. It was great. It was just, just this big release for me. And I know I had made a promise to somebody on Twitter that was going to do it. I stuck by it. It's still, like, probably my most retweeted and liked tweet. I don't, I don't tend to try to go viral a lot because it's just not my thing. I want to I enjoy myself on Twitter and not have people kind of going crazy on me. But it was – <laughs> I remember everything about that day. It was so funny, just you know, the Blues that support it, and we're laughing at it. All the the rival fans who thought I was an idiot for doing it. I'm like, I don't care. I didn't do this for you. I'm That's right, for Blues. It didn't matter. It was it was a great time.
0: Yeah, John John told me about it, and I was just like, oh, gotta research this. This is awesome. So,
1: You're not. I haven't been able to find it in a while.
0: It's like it's a. He found it. Um, I'll forward it to you afterward. Uh, I think it's the, the NSNO account. Okay. posted it was a vine
1: yes, it was a vine, yes I yeah
0: so yeah, yeah, it was just sorry everybody who feels like this is like person to person conversation, but it, I just find this awesome, but uh very very cool um so uh last thing, uh last week I was talking to to the Rob Vera because that's just that's his uh twitter name yeah. uh he's more he's a music music guy. And he gave me a serious recommendation for uh, for an album to listen to. And I've been listening to it all week. It's been incredible. So Forrest, mm. what is Forrest an expert on? And can you recommend me anything? Because I'm starting to realize I can enrich my life okay. during <laughs> these conversations.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess I've been a bartender for, for five years. I've worked in restaurants for 10 years. Um, so, So I'd say... Alcohol wise, I'm I'm pretty. I would say I'm pretty keen. Um, let let me ask you, what do you like to drink typically? Whiskey, bourbon. Whiskey, bourbon. Okay. Well, hey, you you're know right in my alley then. That's yeah. great. <laughs> Um As far as whiskey and bourbon goes, um, I I mean I love a good old fashioned. I love a good Manhattan. Um, mm-hmm. My personal favorite drink, I, I'm sure you've had it before, is a sazerac. Actually,
0: no, never had that. Good. No, I normally just get like straight. Like yeah. I want it. Yeah.
1: Okay. Sazerac. Sazerac. It's a New Orleans cocktail. So S A Z E R A C. Um, I would do like two to three ounces of rye whiskey. You know how it depends on however much you want to drink that night, because there's not going to be any other alcohol that really goes into it. Um, You're going to do like a just a very small bit of absinthe, maybe like like a quarter ounce, and really you just want to rinse the glass with it.
0: You're Um, genuinely talking my language now, my friend. Go ahead
1: a couple of dashes of Peychaud's bitters. It's a licorice-based bitter. It's a, it's another New Orleans bitter. Um, it's delicious. It really really comes alive in that drink. Um, and just just stir that up, pour it over a big sphere, and serve it with a lemon peel. And you've got a Sazerac, and it's fantastic. It's so good. It's strong. It hits you hard, but the absinthe, the Peychaud's, that licorice goes really well with the rye. The Lemon just adds you know that extra bit of oil and extra bit, not not sweetness, but but what a lemon can add in terms of tartness in terms of just brightening that drink up. It's, it's fantastic. It's a really good. This,
0: cup. this is terrific. This is yes, yes to this is what I say. Don't
1: put, in it. don't put any simple syrup or anything. Some people like to put a sugar cube in it. No, Don't, don't, don't yeah. sweeten your whiskey. Come on now.
0: Yeah, I'm not. No, I agree. I'm with you. <laughs> this, this is fantastic. In a minute, when I finish this subject, I'm going to throw this carb but I'm not throwing it away just so you know, because that's my recipe. That's my, holy crap so excited about that awesome okay so we must begin discussing football All right. more so I, I, or in like current anyway I'm ready. so uh, just to let everybody know what's happening we're gonna we're gonna have to go into the Southampton reaction um, uh, but then we're gonna talk about the mailbag uh, we have some really good questions uh, a lot of them a lot of them uh, and then we'll do a Newcastle preview uh, nice. So yes, yeah, so that's, that's your lineup. Right? Uh, yeah. So, uh, so let's, let's start with the uh, I I didn't want to stop the introduction because I don't want to talk about Southampton. I don't want to talk about that. It's Awful. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, can we can we can we talk about your more formative years for us to just?
1: <laughs> well, an elementary.
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> All right, let's get there. Gosh, well, that was an awful throw. All right, there we go. So for those of you who have been living under stones and, you know, have not seen it, this is a spoiler for you, 2-0, <laughs> 2-0 uh, loss, um, I'm just, just going to say it, I got the score right, I just didn't get the winner right on my prediction, and I also got the fact that Ings did not score. That is, for me, the tiniest of wins.
1: Thank God.
0: Tiny. Um, so I'll give you a, let me give you a list of possible topics. And I want you to kind of you know, sink your teeth into whichever one uh, you feel like strikes your fancy the most. Um, number one, any positives? That's the first possible topic. Any of them. Number two, uh, did anyone seize an opportunity? Number three, uh, their goals, were they a result of our shittiness or their brilliance? Uh, number four, Pickford question mark. Number five, Dean, red card, Got probably got to talk about that. And number six, those seafoam
1: kits. <laughs> um, uh, you know, just because I don't want to talk about it too much, I'm going to talk about their goals. Um, mm-hmm. As they both, they, it was kind of bang-bang. They happened within two mm-hmm. minutes of each other. Um, the first goal, we just switched off on a throw-in. I think there, there's not much more to say to that. We weren't ready mm-hmm. for it. They took it quick. And Ward Prowse just ran straight past Dean, straight past Keen, and, you know, slotted it. It was a great shot, you know, give him do give him where it is, but so we, we just switched off. Um, and it was pretty similar for the second goal. Um, they just got in behind us on, on our, our right-hand side, their left-hand side, which they seem to do a lot. Um, and I feel for Ben Godfrey because he's definitely not a fullback. It's definitely not the position that he is natural in, and you could see him get caught out a number of times. Um, and they just got in, ball went over Luka Dean's head and just couldn't get a good block in, solid enough block. Um, you, you could even make the argument that if, if Sigurdsson hadn't gotten anything on it, Pickford would have saved it. But ball goes in, it's 2-0. And I think from that point on, heads, I don't think heads ever really dropped, but we never seemed like a coherent side. Like our game plan just never really seemed to come through. Um, To to touch on the couple of people who I think should have seized their chances and didn't, I think the one that everybody's really talked about is going to be Alex Awobi. Yeah. Um, You know, I like Alex Awobi. I want him to succeed, as I want any Everton player to succeed. Uh, I was relatively surprised when we bought him for what we did. Um, I thought he was held in higher standing at Arsenal, but I I can see why he was not. Um, He's a player that. And I I listened to a podcast on the Liverpool Echo, um, and I think it was David Prentice who mentioned that he's a player who has a lot of shades of Ross Barkley in the sense that you can kind of see his mind working. The the decisions don't come quickly enough for him. And unfortunately, that means that a lot of his decisions are pretty bad. Um, You know, there were moments where, you know, he had Dean overlapping in the six-yard box that he missed, and he decided to take on a shot. He missed, I think, the one moment that really stuck out to everybody is when I think Hamez sent a cross-field ball to him. There's was a lot of space, a lot of time for him, and he just miscontrolled it off his chest and went out the touchline. Yeah. It, it was just frustrating to see that. Um,
0: oh, I will say with Iwobi, uh, I see what you're saying about him and kind of thinking things through. I would almost say he's better when he relies on his instincts and he has less time. Yep. You know, it's almost like if he has more time to think things through, that's like the worst thing possible to happen to him. Yeah. Uh, if he's if he's having to rely on just quick thinking quick feet and escaping from trouble which is why I I usually like him more cutting in more in the middle uh you usually see him you see a better version of him I feel like you know um that was I was disappointed because I feel like I like him more than most folks um but I can't sit there and say wow what a game that guy had in a positive way I, I can't because that was just uh it would prove that I haven't watched the sport very much in my life um, didn't have didn't have the best uh, performance, but I, I still wouldn't sit there and say he was the worst player on the field. Yeah, um, you know. But I was expecting a lot from him. And funny thing, to to kind of and I'm about to yield the floor again because I realize I get all like excited. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I want I want to want to hear Forrest. Uh, someone commented, and it may actually it may have been I'm trying to remember who it was on Twitter because I was thinking that the whole time. I feel like we need another player like Richarlison who is more of a run-behind type of a player because Iwobi is a little bit more similar in my mind to a Hamas who's more of a 10 playing on the wing. And if we have more of a striker forward playing in that position who can run behind, it gives us a little bit more variation. Uh, it's, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I feel like it's something we were lacking during that match um it, it, it took an element away from us and we were kind of a little bit more one-dimensional yeah okay, if you will yeah um, it may have been may have been ryan from american Toffees, actually i was trying to remember who it was but anyway just something yeah poor Woby's. that's a because one sec. second i'm so excited when he has a
1: great game <laughs> it's, it's not coming for him i mean he, he's had a couple of the cup here um but, but when that comes against lower league opposition, you say, okay, great. You know, you expect that of them. now you need to make that next step. You need to be mm-hmm. doing this week in, week out. You need to be challenging for a place in the team. Um, and, and to talk to your point about needing a Richarlison type player. I mean, that's why I think Anthony Gordon should be starting. If mm. not I think Richarlison and Anthony Gordon are similar in the sense that they're both very direct. You know, I think... Yeah you saw Anthony Gordon come on. One of the first contributions he had was to just run up the pitch and, and, and immediately somebody found him and it was, it was, you know, a half chance. We didn't really make anything of it, but, but that's, again, that's what he needs. He's going to be direct. Who's going to find that link up with, with Luca Dean. And if not find that he's going to take somebody on and try to beat them. And he's, he's got great pace. He's very good with the ball at his feet. Um, he's obviously a young player who, who, is developing still. Um, and that's probably why Carlo hasn't taken the chance and started him. He wanted to give a Wobi who's a little more established, he's been playing senior football for, for quite a bit longer now, um, to, to have that opportunity to, to show himself. And he didn't take that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I was disappointed to see Bernard come on instead of Anthony Gordon at halftime because Bernard is a player that I really struggle to see a place for in this team sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think he's a player that is best suited to playing in that 10 role and sitting behind a striker because I think it gives him more freedom. I don't think he's strong enough to play on the wing. I don't think he's as, as he, I think he's fast, but I don't think he's fast enough to really get in behind. You saw a couple of moments where he, he was able to, to cut in and, and find an opportunity to find a ball across, but it just never really happened. And I think in the best moments we've seen him play this season are in those League Cup games where he's playing as a 10. Yeah. And got the ability to kind of take some time to find a pass because that's his best attribute is finding a pass. Yeah. He finds passes that a lot of other players, this bar, maybe James um, and Gomez when he's on form find. And it, it's, it's disappointing again to Carlo to kind of not realize that, you know, and I, I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm disappointed to Carlo Ancelotti. I'm not, I love the fact that he's here. I think just I, I, <laughs> a lot of head scratching going on in that moment. I would, don't think I was the only one who thought that, um, but I do think Anthony Gordon's the one who should be starting against Newcastle. So,
0: to go, to take uh, the question, the first thing that you chose a little, a little further, um, I said their goal's a result of our shittiness or their brilliance. Do you feel like our result was more a result of them looking strong or us dropping the ball?
1: Uh, I- or, or it could be a little bit of both. I think I think it's more a little bit of both. I think they played very well in the day. Um, in Southampton away, it's been a fixture that I don't think we won at for quite a while. I think we won last year, didn't we? Yeah, Richarlison scored the winner, I believe. But it's it's just one that we don't typically win. It, it's mm-hmm. a place we don't typically play, and you can talk about bogey games all the time. I'm not a true believer in that. I'm also not a true believer in playing differently away from home and and at home. But that's just me. Um, I, I think Southampton played well. I think tactically we were outclassed. Um, and it didn't help the fact that we just couldn't create anything bar. And I think the first 15 to 20 minutes, we, we played decent. We had a couple of chances was back and forth, but once Southampton scored, um, we just kind of looked like our game plan went out the window and just, we just couldn't make anything happen. Um, it's disappointing. I think a couple of players weren't fully fit. I think Alan really, I think he worked his butt off. Um, and, and in the role that he's asked to play, I think it's a little difficult when he doesn't have anybody to kind of mark, he, he's a player who man marks. He's a player who chases down and wins the ball back. And when he's, you know, got two strikers and no midfield man sitting in that tin hole to kind of bark and, and use in the positional sense, he's just kind of running all over the pitch and trying to win the ball back. And that that drags him out of position. That creates gaps in the defense. And um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, Southampton exploited us quite a number of times. Uh, I think Hassan Huddle came out after the game and said like they weren't really planning on exploiting God- Godfrey the way they did. It just happened. Just you know, that's Godfrey. He's out of position. It, it's it for him. it's tough, but he's only going to learn from that experience and grow as a player. He's obviously taking it on in full stride, and and you like to see that. in the very least, his head never dropped. But um, there was it was definitely a mixture, both in terms of the way the result came, um, but also at the same time, I don't, I, you know, I'm glad that we lost now rather than you know, three more games in, and we've won and we're all like you know, say we're like six points you know clear at the top of the table, and we're all like dreaming of this title finish, and then we. Lose a game and it just all comes crashing down. It's good to have this happen now. It's it's good to to get that loss into to regroup. Look at what went wrong and fix that now because or, there's still or, a lot of season left.
0: Or if we like win like win the entire season and you go up to the very end and you lose to somebody like Watford, you know what I mean? Total hypothetical, yeah, but right. that would be the worst, right? I mean, can you it? Like, Yeah, Jesus Christ, that'd be terrible. So. Who's your player? Who's your player of the match? I have one in my mind that I was there was a there was a decision. There was a decision that mystified me about this player. So, I was really in love with the work that DeCore was doing. Yeah. I I, I he was everywhere. Now are we talking about a guy who was p- uh, playing polished passes? Not really. Was he creating a lot of chances? Not really. But he was getting us the ball back. And did you see anybody else, anybody else ripping their heart out for like every single tackle, every single chance to to win a, I, I was like, here's our energy. You going to take your energy. You yeah. know, I, I did, I did not under, I was bummed. Like, I get it. I get it. You want more attack. You want an attacking player. You want, you want to actually create more chances. I get it. But there's, there's something that to be said for the energy of winning the ball back and pushing the ball forward from maybe not the most polished player, but damn it. You're stop You're stopping theirs.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think maybe, you know, we could say that it was maybe one of Carlos mistakes um, from that game. Um, And I agree. He played well. Um, I don't, I don't think personally, I don't think anybody really stuck out to me.
0: (laughs) It's so fair though.
1: (laughs) It was such a tough game to watch, man. It was very lackluster. I, let me try to remember. I don't think Kavaluan ever had a touch in the opposition box. I remember seeing that. And then I think he only had like 15 or 16 touches at all over the game. I mean, I understand his role is to score goals. I understand that he's not really a player where we have build up play from him, but he's got to get involved. If he's not involved, if he's only getting that many touches, I mean, it, it's tough to see us doing anything in a game. Um, for james I think they really focused on him. Didn't let him get that ball out and swing it out like he likes to do so many times. He got it out a couple of times. And I think that's when we were our most dangerous is when he get it out to Luca Dean or get it out to a will when he was on the pitch. But the second half, I mean, nothing really happened. I, yeah. I, it was one of the most boring second halves I've seen from Everton since the end of last season. Um,
0: I was sitting there watching it with my family, like at the edge of our seat the whole time, you know, my whole family finally sits down and watches a game, you know, usually they'll sit around and the kids will like kick, you know, in the den and, when there's a goal, they'll turn around, celebrate. But my family watched most of the game. What a shit fest to be a part of. I just, I was, you know, it, it just happens, you know. Um, I, I hate to see it, especially wearing those, those purdy seafoam kits. Those were, those were nice.
1: I hope we wear those again.
0: Cause... I do too. I hope they don't think they're unlucky because I'm not a big believer in that kind of thing.
1: <laughs> uh, That's the second time we've had a green kit. I think ever cuz we had that like that dark like, army green and orange one yeah. I've one of those actually I love it it's a great kit I think we <laughs> won that, like once the whole season it was actually at Southampton away as well so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I remember that oh my gosh I remember that yeah it's funny every time I think of that kit I actually think of Ross Barkley more than anything for some reason that's yeah. every time good goal um, <laughs> uh, so we have to talk about this. I feel like there's a uh, a worldwide uh, mandate that if this kind of thing happens, you just you just have to talk about it. Don't give it a long time. It's been done to death. Luca Dean red card. quick thoughts <clears throat> um,
1: uh, I can I, again, I think my my sentiment has been since I saw it was I understand why they gave it to the red card it was a challenge that looked a lot worse than maybe it actually was. I mean, he basically rode his ankle for a good two seconds, like a good like two yards down the field. Um, I, you know, I've seen people who think that it was malicious and that he did it on purpose. I think people like that maybe haven't played the game as much as they'd like to say that they have. Um, because I, I think, and I've seen it said before, but I think maybe he was a little naive in the fact that he was running so close to, to Walker, yeah. Walker Peters, right? That yeah. He, um, and, and maybe he should have known a little bit better, and there, and there might have been a hint of him trying to win the ball back and maybe winning it back at all costs, but I don't, I don't think it was something where he went out to, like, actually tangle his legs. If you, if you see the contact, it's bang, bang, his foot lands on his foot, and it just twists, and he rides it. And
0: before he even touches him, he's holding his hands up like, hey, I don't want any part of this. I'm not going to foul you. Exactly. And That's- Walker Peters slows down yep. in it- order to draw the contact.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I've seen some people say that he put his hands up and that means that he was about to do something malicious, but there's like a moment (laughs) there where he has just a very, very small amount of contact and he's trying to make, he's trying to let the ref know. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to push him I'm not trying to create this contact. You know, the ultimate penultimate contact happens and it's a red card. Um, It's great that it got, you know, the band got dropped down to one game instead of three. Mm -hmm. I think that's very fair. Um, I didn't expect it to get rescinded, especially with all this stuff going on. I, didn't after either. The fallout. I think yep. if it happened, it would have just been that much more in the FA's head um, to have to deal with and all the, the fans that are screaming at them already. But at the end of the day, um, it, it was kind of the, you know, the, uh, you know, like the shit covered icing on top of a really bad cake. It was,
0: they- <laughs> it was tough. Do they have, I mean, this is me, like, not really, I'm having a bit of a brain fart. But as far as the ability like to do VAR on something like that, did they do that?
1: They did. They did look at I think VAR did have a look at it, and they, they thought that it wasn't a clear and obvious error. Um, okay, that's what it was. And Yes, and I think the, you know, the three-game ban is something that's automatic on a straight red card, um, and they can obviously rescind it or, or reduce the ban. Um, I think reducing the ban, again, that that's what needed to happen. It's what happened. I'm glad it did. I'm glad he's only missing Newcastle. Um mm-hmm. And, you know, just hope that uh, the reputation that the media seems to be giving Everton at the moment is not something that continues to live in uh, referees' minds because, they can. you know, they read the news, they, they watch Sky Sports and BBC and all these other channels, you know, the pundits that come on and say that Everton are playing dirty and that they're going out to hurt people, they're going to pay attention to that and they'll have their own opinions on that, whether they think they do mm. or not. But it's very possible that that influences their decisions in a game. You'd like to think that it doesn't. You'd like to think that they keep their professional standards and say, Look, you know, regardless of what they're saying, we see the game this way, and don't think that that's happening. But you, you never know. You know, you kind yeah. of just hope that uh, just the media calms down. That's really what it needs to do is calm down. Because I understand that Roger van Dyke is a huge player for Liverpool. He's a he's you know a world class defender, and is um, obviously a player that's very well liked uh, across you know the red tinted media in the UK, but. <laughs> The, who who is the guy? I can't remember his name now. It was Julian something who said that? Uh, Picture should be out for as long as Virgil Van Dyke is injured. Like man, like I'm glad so many people came out and said like so many prominent people in soccer came out and said, yeah, that's ridiculous. I don't know why yeah. we go on air and say something like that. Yeah, like, it's the very fact
0: that, the fact that that's an adult.
1: Yes. That's an adult. Yes, you know and somebody who's played soccer professionally as well to hear them say that it's disappointing. I get, I get that. Maybe you're a Liverpool supporter. I get that maybe you like Virgil van Dyke on a personal level, but you can't like throw an opinions out like that. It's just frustrating. I, I, you know, I get that it's her job to do that, but it's frustrating to see that because it doesn't do anything to kind of bring their reputation, the club's reputation and the reputation of the media into ill repute when it's already kind of being dragged through the mud.
0: The thing is though, man, if, if it's, if it's actually his job to give opinions, you know what I mean? If he's given those kind of opinions, he's not going to have a job long. So cool. That means yeah. one less red, one less red out there. So Julian Shmuelian, whatever your name is, you know, that's, have your opinion. I I, I don't think it carries much weight. I don't, you know, so it's one of those things just, I saw it and I, I kind of laughed because I was like, that is a, a very juvenile thing. You know, I, here's the deal, the Luca Dean situation. I don't think it was a red, but I watch it and I get it. I get it i get why we appealed and i get why they brought it down to one um i'd have been kind of pissed off if they didn't but it's one of those things where when you're a supporter at some point I feel like if you're a logical rational human being there some bit of objectivity about how the game works and being self-aware has to click has to kick in one would hope and if it doesn't if you're saying a player who hurts somebody should be out for the same amount of time. The other person's out. Well, I'm just trying to figure out how you're setting that kind of precedent precedent and then being able to actually enforce that moving forward. Yeah. It's it's yeah.
1: It was anyway. Generic, but let's let's get away from it. That he's yeah. been beaten for like it's like that thing is flayed, it has no <laughs> skin left. <laughs> it's like South Park.
0: He's over there beating that dead horse. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, and yeah that's so anyway i'm just gonna yeah so that one that match was a tough one uh it had come uh, at a night where i'd uh, by the way if anybody of you are curious i'm wearing a halloween costume from a family halloween thing we had earlier saturday night we had to go to another halloween party that got canceled on our way to it as i was wearing this and the next morning we lose the south enemy and i've never felt like less super in my life you know what i mean it's just i this is a clark kent outfit that my wife got me and i was just like i don't deserve it <laughs> my team suck all our parties get canceled life is rough life you know, uh, <laughs> That's a, that was a, the funny thing is i was really curious as to how the halloween function was going to work you know right in the pandemic um, we got our masks ready, but it was gonna be funny me showing up with this in my mask. Um, anyway, so Southampton reaction is, yeah. you know, uh, but that's that's what we've got, and we'll move on. And it's not like we lost to a shit team. They're not yeah. bad. They're yeah. not bad.
1: They're, they're only three points behind us.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I, you know, have their fans been agitating at times? Yeah. Is it fun to watch Chico Azul bait them like crazy? Yes. It is so fun.
1: And he gets, I don't, I don't, I don't understand how people still fall for that. So I, am going to touch on this real quick. Like when I see those sort of things and people are responding to that and falling for it, I'm like, man, like what? What's going on through your mind right now? Are you, are you just bored? Like, okay, fine. But there's got to be better things to do than to get the arguments with people that are obviously joking, but it is. <laughs> That, that's social media it is what it is
0: I I feel like that Chico Azul deserves awards I mean actual physical like medal trophy because of the work is it's just so great like I, I, reading his like match previews and stuff is
1: just I, I they're excellent those those are things that I've read for years they're just so so good I sit there and read those and I'm like you know, I don't know half the things he's talking about, but damn, is it funny! <laughs> it's
0: just I, I am, I'm just like the way he calls people. Like at one point, he called somebody a dishcloth, and I'm still using using it.
1: <laughs> Man, they can, they can take any word and turn it into an insult, and it works really well. Oh, he's a Jedi. Oh, he's a weapon. He's a dishcloth. You know, a ball bag, whatever. Like anything, it just, it just works. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's like what is, what is he talking about?
0: <laughs> so yeah. It's a... But overall, you know, I, I, I do hate losing like that. I wish we had like been able to put up some fight. It felt like a very uh, you know, spiritless, like after a while, we were like, oh, I scored. You know, but anyway, on to the next one. So I'm going to flick this card now. Mailbag. First question is actually a comment slash request from Twitter. At Carolina Toffees. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, when I saw it, I was like, what are, what are you talking about? And then when you were talking earlier, I'm like, oh, that's what he's talking about. Uh, it's Cam. I'm sure it was Cam saying it was great seeing him on Sunday. Talking about you, I guess, going over to, going to City Bites and Grass. Given the match coming up, it'd be cool to have you describe Bainesy's free kick at St. James Park yeah. since you were there, since we're supposed to be playing Newcastle soon. He says he thinks you were there for that.
1: I was. Yeah. So that was actually uh, my first Everton match live. Uh, I was Newcastle in 2013, I think. Yeah, it was Moy's last season. Um, There's a lot of stories I could tell about that night. I'll just talk about fans' goal. You know, Newcastle scored like two, three minutes into the game. It was like, oh, gosh, you know, poor. You know, I didn't know what to expect. I was like, we're going to get smacked here. Like, I was still a pretty naive young Everton fan at the time. Um, and Baines just whacks in this like 40 yard free kick, like it's nothing. Like it just flies in. We've got this great like view because St. James Park, the away fans sit up in the heavens or up in the corner of the of this stadium, right? You know, the literal corner of it. There's like 3000 of us packed right there. Um and I'm and not only are we up in the corner, I'm in the corner of the corner. Like I'm on the back row by the corner of the two walls, like standing there with my mates. Um, and he smacks his free kick in and it's just pandemonium. Like I there's I'm, you know, I've been to live sports events like the Carolina Panthers and the Hornets, and Bobcats and all this stuff and nothing, nothing matches that like there's an old guy in front of me who just turns around and grabs me and he screams at me and he turns back around. I don't know. My friends are jumping on me. I'm making sure I don't fall out on the steps and break a limb and, you know, have to go to the NHS or whatever and, and be staying in Newcastle tonight. night. Um, <laughs> It was, it was a crazy experience, and I'm so glad we ended up winning too. The, the winner was great, and HUB scored, you know, ninety minutes. Or I think the one like the one night, one one thing that comes to mind is at the end of the game, I think it was like six minutes added on time. My friend Maddie, he's just like, I'm okay to curse, right? Do what you gotta do. Six fucking minutes, like just 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 like that. And hey, we have like a video of it. We used to have a video of it. Him just saying that, like. Couldn't believe it, but we won. Went down the steps singing his name. It was just, it was, it was a great night. And there's again, like I could do a whole show talking about that night and what led up to the goal and everything before it because it was a crazy night.
0: That's awesome.
1: Oh, I that's great. that I'll just leave it there.
0: I am brutally jealous. uh So you went to an away match for your first match, which so, is yeah. I feel like that's. A, a little unique for an American going over there.
1: And I would actually had tickets to go to a match against Chelsea at Goodison um, the week before. And I actually ended up getting food poisoning <laughs> um, the night before the match. Um, like really, a nightmare. It was bad. I was, I was sick up until like three or four in the morning. Um, the, the Elderly couple who were uh, the parents of some friends we have over here in the States and, you know, they were so kind looking after me. They gave me a bucket and I just sat outside the bed and did my thing. I ended up passing out and I woke up. I think I woke up kind of delirious around like 1130. And it was like an hour till kickoff. And they came in and were like, are you going to go to the match? And I'm like, no, nah, can't." And I just passed back out. And I woke up like at like 230 when the match was already over. I think we ended up losing 2-1. So I'm not too, too sad that I missed it. But yeah. I was lucky enough to get tickets to Newcastle away the next week. And I was, it was, I was living the dream. Okay.
0: I'm severely disappointed for you for that nightmarish food poisoning story, but it sounds like it fully made up for it. It was going to that away match. Yeah. Uh, do they, this is just genuine question as someone who's never been to even a home match. Yeah. All right. Do they, do they hate you that much? So away fans, how cool are they? Or are they super not cool? You know yep. what I mean?
1: The Newcastle fans are definitely super not cool, uh, especially towards anybody. Honestly, I can't think of anything <laughs> they might like. Um, Other
0: humans. That's yeah. Ch- yeah, like
1: I, I remember getting to the match and like I had like an Everton scarf on. And I get off the coach and I see my mates and they're like, Oh, we're just showing our colors. Okay, like who cares? Cause I guess you don't show who you support, which learning more about the history of Hooliganism, I'm kinda like, Oh, okay, yeah, maybe I was kind of in danger that night. You know, like that um that uh, that meme of Ralphie. <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe
0: I should have been more like that, but I was so naive,
1: I didn't understand. I remember walking up, you know, like I had to I actually had to go to the box office to get my ticket um and pick up my away ticket, and I remember walking like past the Newcastle fans and they had like gates like between us and them and they're just like the fans are just shouting at each other through the gates and, and saying all this stuff and threatening each other and all the things that are never going to happen because the right they're staring at them like yeah we got CCTV so good luck yeah. but, you know yeah it's it, there they're, it's not it wasn't a pleasant experience towards them but I barely ever saw them before the you know before the match I just saw them in brief yeah. and then after the match I didn't see them because they lost and they just you know went away with their tail stuck between their legs so
0: that's that's that sounds lovely, that part. That's that was time, <laughs> Oh geez, super jealous. of these stories always I get like super happy for you, but then I'm like, oh <laughs> you can't do one day it's okay. okay. Uh so all right. Uh I want to start with this one really quick. I just got to say it because we have addressed it already once. T underscore henny from Instagram asks Dina or Luca Dean get appealed. And yes. And cut down to one. So, T. Henny, that that's the deal. Just so you know. Um, speaking of Luca Dean, uh, Dovc one two three asked a question, which I think is a unique question. Can can Dean play in Gomez's role if Nkunku shines against Newcastle? So essentially doing what Mart- the the Leighton Baines experiment that that uh, Roberto Martinez was hoping to do with Leighton Baines, like what. They did with philip lahm and Bayern Munich and all that stuff. I have a reaction, but I'm curious about yours first
1: um i don't I don't really see the point of putting him there uh, maybe I'm missing something with his game, but I think he's a player that can put in a great cross um I don't think his passing is what would be needed in a midfield role. I could see him possibly playing on the left wing but mm-hmm time. I think his defensive qualities are too good to be pushing him that far forward. I think Nkuku would be a better choice if we, if we had to put him on the left wing, but I, th- I think he's a true left back. I think it would be kind of wild to put him anywhere else in the pitch, and I, I think no matter what Nkuku does, even if he scores a hat trick against Newcastle, I think Luke Dean still walks back into that role. I think that that's his role, and it's going to be very hard to push him out of it. I I would agree. Um, I, I would be curious to see the experiment.
0: I'd be curious because I I agree. I agree with Forrest. I think he is a natural left back. You see him bombing down the left. Um, He's not, I remember when I first watched his tape uh, before, like when we were rumored to be signing him, I was like, he's not a player that's going to beat players on the dribble. He's going to pass and move, pass and move, pass and move. He creates combinations with other players and he tears off up the left wing. Um, And so he does create combinations, but I'm, I do feel like a lot of times players, when they get used to having that sideline beside them yep. and playing up against that, it's a different world when all of a sudden they've got players coming at them from all directions. Yeah. It's just a different world. And I don't know, if I'm honest, I feel like right now, he's, look at D, is living his best life. <laughs> so the idea of putting him in a new position, possibly opening him up to injury, yeah. that's one thing, um, but he's just in such a good vibe and forcing him to adapt to something else, I feel like that's tough
1: on anyone. Um, I'd love to see what with the with the person who asked the question, what what why why they think that. I'd love to hear that because I'm I'm not somebody who's played the game at a very high level. So so if they see something else in him that that I may not see, I want I want to hear that because I love to learn about these sort of things. I know Martin has talked about putting Leighton Bains in a Philip Lom like type role. It never happens because I don't think Leighton just, I just don't think he could adapt to that role at his age. I, I think Phil Blom is a, a once-in-a-generation kind of player in different ways to do something like that. I think I think it was just a little too difficult for him at the time, and, mm-hmm. and he played the club very well. I mean, we I have nothing but good things to say about Leighton Baines.
0: See, the reason I, I like the thinking outside the box of this question, because it's thinking, okay, let's get two strong players on the field. Let's try to pot- potentially take a good player Mature player, put him in a player, a position where he's considering a position of weakness, I'm guessing. Um, and because we're stocked with these two solid left backs right now, we think. We're still not completely sure on Nkunku, but we think he's awesome. You know, I like we need to battle test him some more, though, yeah. right? And we're going to get that this weekend. Yeah, we so, will. So, anyway, I like the thinking. I think it's good conversation. I'm just, I think it'd be just kind of putting another good player on the field and I would worry about the player adjustment. Yeah no doubt. So Jay, oh, not Jay, Josh 172018 asks with Richarlison out for two games. And uh, okay. Do you think we should give Bellassi a chance?
1: Uh, no, <laughs> sorry. It's not, it's not going to happen. He's, I think he's been told by the, by the club and by Archelotti that he needs to find a new club. Um, I'm kind of, I'm disappointed in players like him and Bessage when they don't find a club. Um, <laughs> during transfer windows, because to me that signals, they don't really, I, and I don't want, and I'll preface this by saying this. I like Blassie a lot. I like the interaction he has with blues on social media. I think he's a very positive influence in the dressing room. I'm sure he's a very positive influence for the younger players as well. Cause to see him being the kind of player that supports them. But I think his time at the club is up. And I think Anthony Gordon, Bernard, a are all ahead of him. And I just, I just, I can't, I can't see him coming back and, and, being the player that he was before that injury, I think, and I always think back to that injury he had and how much it really who really he was as a player. Because I think he was a player that was really going to kick on for us before that. I think he really was showing some bright moments. Um, it was really finding his feet, and then that happened. And I just I remember when it happened and seeing him. like he he like like was almost like dead fish on the ground, like flopping around because it was so much pain he was in. Yeah. It was so tough to see that, um, and I feel so bad for him because I think he's such a lovely person, and I would love to meet him one day. But I, I, I just think. You know, I, th- I don't think that would be a good experiment to make.
0: Um, number one, Belasi, I don't think, is on our Premier League squad
1: not, roster. That says it right there, yeah.
0: I don't even think it's an option. Okay, so there's that. Uh, number two, he was really, really close to a deadline day move on loan. Was it Millsbro? Yes.
2: Right? Yep.
0: Really close. And so that shows me a guy who's trying to play, okay. right? And I don't think it broke down because of him. I, I'm guessing it was discussion between the clubs and it just didn't get over the line. Um, I like the guy, you know, and I'm, I, I like him a lot. Um, I also like our manager. And I feel like our manager and our coaching staff and the players, they see this guy every day in training. And if they don't feel like he's the option at that moment, you know, they, I, I, I got a lot of respect for Carlo and his people. You know, and so I'm thinking maybe he's not the right match for that moment. I, I hesitate to say, you know, I'm not watching him in practice every day. I do think he probably busts his ass. You know, I, I do think he probably works hard. And is there a more charming guy on social media? No, no, he's just super nice. I think he's good energy. I hate, I hate all the stuff. I had my knee injury, the, the same knee injury at the same, like a day or two before his yeah, okay right. it was ridiculous exact same uh you know acl meniscus you know just nasty knees with the wrong way kind of stuff yeah. and I, I hated it for him because i, I kind of felt like oh if he makes it back maybe i can make it back and play you know what i mean yeah. but then again had he done it he's yannick belasi he's way more athletic um <laughs> <laughs> he's got a little bit of resources <clears throat> excuse me hey, but man. uh I'm sorry.
1: Hey man, Corona.
0: Hey, I've already had it. <laughs> okay. I, had, I had it in August. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that was real. <laughs> no, I've got uh, asthma and allergies too. So it's a fun life. Or <laughs> it's, uh, but, but yeah, so, so yeah. old Yala. old Yala. To, to me, I didn't realize that's very similar to old yeller. Uh, but oh, it's really bad considering the story of old yeller. Uh, so <laughs> that's really awful. Uh, so yeah, uh, Yalva Lassi, I like him a lot. He's just not an option right now. And, uh, I, I think right now it's just, we're, we're looking like we need some Inspirado. Yeah. Uh with Charles Northwich. So yeah, when he's at, when Charles is out, uh, we're just going to keep looking until we find someone who's going to step up. Someone's yeah. got to step up at some point. Maybe. That's who it is. That's what it is. I'm saying. Maybe. Um, Nikolai Robertson, realistic season expectations. And I'm going to combine that. I'm going to piggyback that one with meme day for you. Can we get top four? So those are two very similar questions. Forrest, I'm going to combine those and say, is top four a realistic expectation? And if not, what is?
1: It's a tough one. Um, I think in my heart, I'll always think that top four is an expectation and, and one that we can meet. Um, I think the way we have played at the beginning of the season and the way the teams that are supposed to be around us have played kind of give you some hope that that's a possible thing. I, I don't want to commit to anything, but at the same time, like I want to say it's realistic. I th- I think with the way the league is this year, it it's, it's almost seems very similar to the way Leicester won the league um, a couple of years ago it's just, it's just, there's a lot of teams in flux. There's a lot of teams who are in transition. I think you look at Liverpool, obviously they, they, you know, they're great teams still. I think they're still the best team in the league by far. I think they still play the best football, but Van Dyke's out now. I think there's going to be questions asked about that defense. Fabinho has always obviously stepped in and played well, but can he do that over a season? You know, what if he gets injured? There's a lot of questions there for them now. they've obviously conceded 14 goals. That's, that's, that's a lot of goals in six mm-hmm. games. It's a lot of goals. Um, Chelsea are in flux. Their defense can't seem to get their their shit together, and they've obviously got a lot of talent, but if you're having to score four goals to just be able to win a match, that's not going to happen all the time. Mm. Um, Spurs look fantastic. I think they probably got one of the deepest squads in the league. I think they look great, but City don't look anything like they usually do. They're very far down the league as well, I think maybe Pep's time is kind of coming to an end there and of course United I mean what can you say about United right now they just, you just can't find anything going for them I, f- I feel for them to a certain extent I don't hate Manchester United I've got some good friends who are some United fans Um and there's an old trope with Liverpool fans that Everton and United like go hand in hand and like they put out a buffet when we play them at Goodison and stuff but you know at the end of the day I, I think the top four is realistic it- it's just you know our luck with injuries our luck with suspensions and and how we continue to play, if we can continue to keep this form up. I mean, we definitely have Champions League form, let alone this might be title form. You don't know. I don't, you know, I, I think in our wildest imaginations, we say the title, you know, that's, that's where we want to be. We, we, we see ourselves in first place here, and we think this is where we belong to be. Um, but it's, it's going to take a really big effort from the whole team to be able to, to maintain that form.
0: I think our starting 11 is very strong, and some of our depth is strong. Our center back depth, when healthy, that's a lot. It's great. Those are, that's a good core yes. of of centerbacks. It's uh, it's a beefy group. Um, it always has, it tends to be the case. One second it's a serious weakness. Next second we got like eight of them. Yep. You know, which, which that just keeps happening. Like oh, we have no number ten. Let's buy four of them. You know what I mean? It just keeps that stuff keeps happening. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think our initial starting eleven is strong. It's just the rest of our depth. So we're going to have to have some fortune with injuries over the course of a season. I think it's realistic. Good fortune happens to teams all the time. Uh, it's fully realistic for top four. Yes. Okay. N- it, bad luck does not always happen. Okay. Are, are, are there going to be injuries? Yeah. We just got to hope they're the smaller injuries that last like a couple months, one or two months tops, and they can come back and we've got players that can fill the void for a little while and that it's not major players in positions where we're not as deep, fully realistic. Yeah. Um,
1: like God forbid something happens to Calvin. I mm-hmm. that would that would that would be genuinely worst case scenario because their Charleston has to play up top. We have to fill that left left wing hole again. There's there's a lot that could go into that situation. I think they just I I don't question Keane going out on loan because I don't think he was genuinely very happy here. I think that was shown in the goals scored in the League Cup, which which is disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe he's just not taking a life in England. He's a young man, and he's moved from Italy, from a big club in Juventus to to a you know again a fairly big club in Everton, um, and just just not really made the most of his time here. Um, he's obviously scoring a couple of goals at PSG. I think he'll 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 do well there. I, I could see him scoring 15 goals, um, and possibly getting himself a move there. You know, we'll we'll see what happens. I, he, how could you not enjoy playing with Neymar and Mbappe? And and the team that PSG have and the league that they play in as well, um, where you can really express yourself as a player, but it's it's, it's, difficult. it's difficult. It's
0: it's tough with Keane because when I heard about the move, I'm like, cool. PSG blow a lot of teams out. He's gonna get some playing time. They're not always gonna start. They're you know all their starters. Yeah. You know they're gonna want to play the the other players, get them experience, and they can. Uh, I feel like Keane wanted more time, period, and yeah. I feel like he wasn't given guarantees about playing time here and that made him less happy right it just i mean i don't have any inside keen sources but uh or any sources but but you know it just it just tends to make sense so he not celebrating you're like yeah because this game doesn't matter as much as a normal league game would you know i don't know if he doesn't like i don't know if that it it's that he doesn't like everton but i think it's that or or england even i feel like if he was playing on the regular i think if he I think he'd maybe be happier. That's At least that's, that's just a guess because he does seem like somebody who would give it a chance, you know? Yeah, um, see, you know, that first yeah, year. Yeah,
1: um, Did score a lot. You know, I, again, I, I don't know. I I I'd would see where you're coming from though with him wanting to find that playing time. And I think, like you said, at a team like PSG where they can afford to rest an Mbappe or Neymar um, and bring him in and allow him the freedom to be himself against some of the, the lower teams in their division, um, it does make a lot of sense for him because I don't think that was ever going to happen here at Everton. I think we typically have to play our best eleven against anybody in the league, and that's mostly because the Premier League is just a stronger league than the French League. I think top to bottom, it's much stronger. Completely. Yes, and it would be hard to justify putting him in, even if it's against the you know the bottom place team and we're top of the league. Mm. It just it would be hard to do that because we want to continue to push on, and we're not exactly. at that level yet unfortunately so that is some
0: bonus moist keen yeah. info there we just kind of we just kind of went off there just because he's good conversation i like it i, hey, I think he's great
1: conversation what can i say
0: <laughs> i just ooze it yeah. <laughs> uh, so we've talked about this earlier but mark eaton 11 12, uh, asks uh, do we need to look for a backup for Richarlison? Both of us have said yes, I believe. Uh,
1: I mean, I, I'll stick by the fact that I think it's Anthony Gordon. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that we have – obviously, we have options across – maybe not the full front three because I don't think we mm-hmm. have anybody other than Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison who can play up top. But um, I think on the left side, we have Bernard. We have Awo. We have Anthony Gordon behind Richarlison. Um, I don't think – unless we saw it will be in Bernard and it seems like Bernard might move in January. Um, I don't know if we'd go out looking for anybody. Um, but I could definitely say it wouldn't be a bad. And it's probably something the club are looking at to do is just to bring in another attacking player, maybe not in January. Cause I know Marcel brands isn't a big fan that when it comes to bringing in players, cause it's hard to find the value. It's hard to find a player who's going to come in and not, you know, they usually make an immediate impact when they come in in January, but they don't keep that form when they go on. Um, I look at somebody like Nikichi Yelovich a lot when I think about players coming into January and, and blowing, you know, blowing the league up. He scored like, I don't know, like nine or 10 goals when he came in in January and they just never found that form again. Yeah. Um, so it's a tough one. Um, but I, I would say that Gordon probably deserves a chance before we ever go looking for anybody else.
0: I would like to see Gordon get a run of games if he has the opportunity. Yeah. My... Gordon's an interesting player for me because I, I feel like I've always kind of, I was always in the impression before he played as much with us that he was more of a central, mm-hmm. attacking player, um, and, and so it's interesting. Like when I see him playing, and and he is very direct, which makes what does give him some, threat on the outside, and he he is going to, cut in, find some passes, get some combinations. He's great at that. I like to okay okay. I will, if I'm making decisions for Everton, you know, I haven't made one in years for them. They haven't called me. But uh, <laughs> if, if, if I'm making a decision, I, 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 would, I would chill. I would be okay with chilling with Gordon to give him a shot because I do have faith in the kid's work ethic. I, I have a lot of faith in that. Um, I'd like to see him cut his teeth a little more. Uh, I was expecting a more polished uh, forward player to come in to kind of move around the line wherever we needed them. You know, that's what I was expecting at the end if we brought anyone in and it didn't
1: happen. But but with this COVID thing, it's it's hard to justify spending money, a big money on a player anymore. And I think, I think we saw ourselves spend quite a bit on Mm Allen, on Decore, um, on, on James, even, even though we, allegedly got him on a free transfer. I think his wages are probably pretty big. And that, that's that's a big hit as is, you know, if somebody's on 150, 200K wages, I mean, that's yeah. 30, 40 million pounds right there. So you, it's hard to justify spending even more money on another player. Um, and I'm sure we were, like, I think they said, we were in the loan market to look for someone. We brought Ben Godfrey in, which was kind of a surprise, but I think we really needed that cover in defense. Um, and he was a player that we, we saw a lot of potential in and, and saw the opportunity to bring in ahead of some other teams who are looking at them. So January is going to be interesting. Um, it depends. I'm sure if, if one of Bernard or Wobie, et cetera, leaves, I'm sure we'll see somebody come in to replace them because we can't get any lighter and not bring anybody in. Cause it's just going to hurt our depth yeah. more than it already is right now. Um, really
0: quick. you talk about January. If it doesn't have to be January, but next transfer targets uh, Mal- uh, Maloney one, asked uh, who do you think our next transfer target should be personnel and positions? I can't give any actual personnel right now. Uh, I just, I just don't. I mean, I could say positions wise. um, I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to looking at at another forward at some point is unless Gordon really shows himself uh, to be really strong. It'd be nice to have that other option. It also, and maybe maybe not just that. If if one of those uh, wing players leave, like mm. Bernard, if one of those players leaves, I'd, I'd be fine with getting a, a more veteran presence, one that, that has some experience, yeah. someone who can be electric off the bench and be that behind the line type of player to help out. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, right, a right back option uh, depends on it, how John Joe Kenny's feeling, you know, yeah. and how he looks after that.
1: But. Um. I think a backup striker is probably going to be pretty high up on our list. Mm. I, I think so personally, because I don't think that if say if Calvert-Lewin gets injured, that putting Richarlison at the top is always going to be the answer. I think he's much more effective on that wing with Dean. I think that the, the fear that they put into players and into teams when they're able to be very direct and find that overlap, I think they've got a very good understanding. Um, and I think he just does so much better being able to cut in instead of having to hold up the ball. Um. I think another four, another another wide player is definitely on the shopping list too. Um, whether that's somebody that's, you know, going to be, I, I think it's just it's just I think we're kind of see how woby does. I can't I can't really, you know, say he's cut off right now because obviously the season's long and he might get a run of games where he's very consistent and very good. Um, I think I really personally think Bernard's time at the club is going to be coming to an end pretty soon. I just I just. Mm. He's not, he's not very inspiring when he comes on. He, he has some moments, but he's just he, – he, he really is one of those players that floats in and out of games. And we have a couple of those players already. Uh, we, can't, we can't afford to have too many in the team, many players who are really able to, to seize the day and to seize their moments. Um, and right back, I think – I would agree with you on right back too. I think Seamus Coleman's obviously getting gone. Um, I wouldn't say his health is an issue, but he does seem to pick up a niggle um, every, every – every, He's been
0: playing well, but you're right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, you're, but and honestly, uh, there were there's. If you ask an older player to play too many games in a row, inevitably yeah. they're going to have a dip. Yep. You know, and they need to recover. It's just humans.
1: Yes, and I like John Joe Kenny a lot. I love you know I love any player that's grown up with the academy that is a supporter yeah. of the club as well. And I think everybody you know would love to see them succeed he hasn't convinced me yet. Um, I think even in the league cup games, he's kind of been the one who's really struggled more than anybody else to really find his feet at the club. I think he played decently at Schalke. I think it was a great experience Mm -hmm. for him. Um, but I think the club should probably look at options for, uh, a right back and, 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 you know, we'll see how the rest of the season goes, but goalkeeper might be be one that we really have to to look at seriously in the summer. Um, I, I love Jordan Picker. Personally, I like I like him a lot. I know that he is hot headed. I know that he makes decisions that are bizarre and just out of this world. And I'm gonna give one more Everton story. Um, so I was at the Anfield Derby where we lost one nil in the 96th minute. Um, and Pickard kept the ball in when it was going out. No. I was at that derby. Um and I say th- I know quite a few people who haven't forgiven him for that moment still. Um I didn't quite understand what had happened when I was watching live because it was at the other end of the pitch. I'm in the away fans section, um, and all I see is the ball just bounced down and Arrieta just heads it into an open goal. And I, you know, there, there it was. It was kind of crazy and surreal to be there in that moment. Um, everybody's kind of queuing up to leave. You know, it's it's the last minute of the game. We're like, whatever. You know, nil nil draw against a very strong team. You know, we're looking on the up. We we played been playing well at the time too. Um, and nobody kicked off. Nobody was screaming or shouting. Everybody was just kind of like, huh, well, that just happened. And then everybody kept queuing to leave. Like, it was just like, it was It was one of those moments where it was almost too Everton to really, like, take in in that moment. And I think once we got outside the ground, people's reaction started to the show, but he just, he just, he's just, he's just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think the way I've thought of it and the way I've seen a lot of other people think of it as well is. As a player at Sunderland, he faced a lot of shots, conceded a lot of goals, but that was when he was at his best. When he had a lot of <laughs> shots to save, I think he his concentration isn't there when he doesn't have to do a lot. I think he just he just in those moments he just he loses himself and he he makes decisions that are erratic and not what you would expect of a goalkeeper who is his country's number one and who is the number one of a club who's pushing for top four. Um,
0: and that how- that concentration is yeah. in training. You know yes, what I mean? Like yes. you get that in training. I feel like I've been saying for a while, Pickford needs someone to push him. And he hasn't felt pushed in training ever, at Not all. He
1: doesn't join. No.
0: He doesn't uh, think he's going to lose his spot. Now right. could Olsen be that guy?
1: I don't know. I don't, oh, I don't yeah. know. I, we have I no idea. Enough. Yeah. I haven't seen him enough to, to know. Um, I don't know anything about the guy. I'm sure we'll see him eventually. Maybe Pickford gets hurt. <laughs> they play him in the Carabao Cup. Mm-hmm. We, We'll see. That's in December, I think, when we play United. So we'll see what happens. But um, I I, I don't think he's probably the answer to push Pickford either. Um, But we we need somebody. I think – I was really hoping we got Sergio Romero because I think he would have been the one to push Pickford. I think Pickford would have seen that and be like, okay, yeah, they've got the number one of another country coming in here. Like, I Need to be on my toes because he'll he'll come right in and if he stakes that claim for the spot, I'm not going to be able to win it back unless he starts out have a different form. So
0: that that was the that was the one I was looking most forward. Yeah, I was excited about that. Yeah, I thought he could. That would be a really good player for him to learn from too. Yeah. Um, I I'm secretly hoping I don't know enough about Olson, and 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 my ignorance is preventing me from being excited. I'm, I wish I'm hoping that's what's going on. And, but um, you just – got to have another player to push him. you got to have two solid players, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. They need to be able to play off each other. Yeah. Um, and I think I think Sweet is number one. So it's not like he comes in with no pedigree. He's obviously played a lot of caps for his country. He's played at a, a high level for most of his career. So you expect him to be somebody who comes in, and I think everybody – who's mentioned him in the media so he's very steadfast he's sure-handed he's he's also tall which i don't think jordan has going for him unfortunately um as far as goalkeepers go he's tall you. you know he's six-one, but i think when mm-hmm. you look at some of the better goalkeepers in the world they typically be 6'3 to 6'5 it, just, it makes a difference um i won't say anything about his arms because i don't think they're naturally short or anything i think that's just rival fans you know yeah. just being yeah. rival fans and being like that um but but he does. Yeah. I don't know. I, we'll, we'll see how the rest of the season goes for Jordan and we'll go from there. That's all we can do. Yeah,
0: I think that's the way to approach it. Um, yeah. I, the whole time I was saying, let's bring in a keeper to challenge him, bring in a keeper to challenge him, to push him, just to push him. I mean, if you've got somebody breathing down your neck in training, you better be focused every single second in training. You that's develop bad habits when you're overly comfortable. Everyone does it. Yep. it. It's, and I mean, I've, I've seen it happen with my, my eight year old. All right. He's in training. And if he feels like, oh, this is easy. He starts developing these like lack of focus issues. And so then when he gets in a moment, you know, he's going to slip. It happens. So I have to be like, look, man, you got to learn. You got to breathe through those moments. You got to find, you got to find your own motivation, you know? Um, And if you can't, and and that's a lot for any person to find their own motivation. If they're not being pushed. Yeah. So it's hard. Anyway, yeah. so um, David B.8 asks Who does Holgate replace when he comes back? Is it Keen? Is it Mina? Because David thinks that both have been great. Or is it a situation where neither one gets replaced? That's a tough one. Um,
1: I definitely don't think it's Michael Keen. Um, I think he has really staked his claim as one of those players that's whose name is first on the team sheet. Um, uh, I think depending on Seamus Coleman's health, he should be playing at fullback when he comes back. I think he should be playing at right back. Um, cause he, he, obviously he started his career there. Um, he's definitely a center back. That's where his best abilities are, are shown. Um, but I, I think he, he still naturally fits in that that fullback role, uh, quite a bit better than Ben Godfrey does. Um, if he does come in and plays a center back, I think he replaces Yerimina. Um, I like Yerimina a lot, personally. I think he is very charismatic. I think he's a player that not only gives his all on the pitch, but also knits the locker room together. Yep. Like, very, very, very... Like, he's so... just Like, every every video that the club put out about Yerimina that he's in, he's just smiling. He's happy. It's he's terrific. A really life. And it, it's, it's the kind of player that you really want in a locker room. Mm-hmm. Years ago, I remember... Uh, I can't remember who it was on ESPN talking about uh, basketball and, and how players in the locker room who don't really play, but are there to be that charismatic person to be a leader. Like they, they they're the personality and they're that really knits that together. When they leave, yeah. you can see the effect of the court because it's just, it's just not the same. Um, he's one of those players that like, he really brings people together. Like he, he, he's so like, you could see him being like the number one, like is everybody's friend. Like you could go to him for anything sort of guy. Um, I think on the pitch he's strong. I think he <clears> is capable of making mistakes um, that hurt the team pretty harshly. Um, great in the air, very very dominating presence, um, uh, and it's just fun to watch him play sometimes because he just yeah. throws his body everywhere. I think I think back to I, th- I think it was Brighton when he's like try, he's on the ground, he's trying to head the ball. Still like it's just the kind of player he is. It's the kind of player he is, and he can be frustrating and, and you know heart in your mouth moments. Um, in a game, but he's just, he's a great player. But I I think Holgate has a composure on the ball that we need in the back four. We need to have both center backs having. um, And I would see him coming in to replace Mina, yeah.
0: I'd say both Mason Holgate and Yuri Mina have had little streaks where they have concentration lapses, where they don't track their man back, or they they get pulled out too quickly, or they don't pressure someone at the right time. Uh, Both of, I I would just ride the hot hand, and pair whoever the hot hand is with Keen yeah. each time. Yeah. And if someone has a bad game, replace them. Yeah. You know, see, see, you know, and that's, that's the point of the competition, right? That's why you have it. Otherwise, you just got depth yeah. or fun. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: Nothing for you, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I feel like that's, I mean, you want to support your players, but you also want them to be on edge to keep that competitive edge.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, last thing, it's not a question, but C H R L O 10 says we win some, we lose some, but hold on. <laughs> hold on. I can't read my own writing now. <laughs> that is awful. It
1: happens. My handwriting is just as bad, trust me. Hold I don't
0: know. Have- I feel like, uh, no, 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 I'm doing this guy wrong. I refuse to not get it right. I'm looking it up. Bear with me, this is happening. Let's see here. Oh, of course I just got another one. Okay, Ooh. we win some, we lose some, but that won't stop us up the toffees. It's not a question. It's just like a, a, a battle cry. You know what I mean? Um, I will say here's one just came in just now from Apartment Bubbly. Thirty-eight, ten, 10 which is, makes me super happy. Playing the same formation, six games on the bounce in the prem, Have we become predictable? Our midfield was completely snuffed out against Southampton. Should Hame start the next game, start on the left next game to get decent service to DCL with Ricci and Dick Dean out? Mm. Do you play around and tinker? Do you yeah. do the stinker tinker?
1: That is a great question. Um, I love the formation that we play now. Um, I hate it. I, I could not stand watching us play in that four four two when Ancelotti came in. I hated it. Like, I understand what a four four two is, and I understand why he played it, because he didn't have the personnel in midfield to play three there. But, but this 4-3-3 is, is the one I think we need moving forward. Um, <clears throat> what I would say, and what I hope ends up happening, is, is James, this eventually morphing into a 4-2-3-1 with James playing in the middle. Um, and finding somebody who can play on the right, whether that's, I mean, maybe somebody in the club now, Woby, probably not Bernard or Gordon, or, mm. or going on the transfer market and buying one. I, I would say that Hamas' best position is in that 10 role. He plays on the right because he's got such a wicked left foot, and the way we play now is, is getting Richarlison and Dean in space, and that's where most of our creative force is coming from. Um, as far as predictability goes, I think... Most teams in the league play a 4 3 3 for the most part, some version of it, whether it's a 4 2 3 1, or a 4 1 2 3, as you'd look at it with the defensive middle sitting in front of the back. Right. four. Um, Southampton played a 4 4 2, and I, I don't want to say they caught us in a bad day. I just, I just, I just think they just outplayed us, and, and the way the, the weaknesses that they exploited worked mm. very well, and we just didn't find a way to exploit their weaknesses with that extra man in midfield. Um, I think going forward, Carla, I mean Car- I don't think Carlos the kind of manager who only has a plan A um, and, and can only has nothing back to fall back onto. I think he's very been around for a very long time. He's, you know, somebody who doesn't typically get tactically outclassed. Um, and is somebody I would trust with whatever formation he put on the pitch. If he wanted to play, you know, a, a five four two at five four two can't play that five four one. Um, and you know, have <coughs> Calvert Lewin way up top or um, you know, on the right, as a right-wing back, I don't know. I trust Carlo Ancelotti fully. You know, what, what he does and the experience he brings to this team and, and who he is as a manager is, is somebody like I could, I, he's not Marco Silva who, who doesn't have the pedigree. It's not Ronald Koeman who didn't care. And he's not Roberto Martinez who would <clears throat> have a plan B. You know, he is somebody who's really comes in with that tactical noose. And it's, 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 the, perf- it's the perfect man for the job at Everton and somebody who I trust completely.
0: Well, he's just he usually. I feel like he's a guy who could switch formations when he wants. I feel like yeah. it's not like a thing where he's like, "I'm gonna, this is what we're doing this year." You know yeah. what I mean? And I think he thinks this is what I'd like to do. Yeah. If we need to switch, we switch. Yeah. But I think I I think that's one of the things he really likes about four three three is honestly the fluidity of those positions. You know, there's some interchangeability there. It's a very free flowing. Your players gotta know their doggone roles, you know, and they have to be disciplined. Four four two is like almost like idiot proof. You know what I mean? It's like this is this is keep it simple, stupid. You know what I mean? It is very like here's this is this is you know, I bought a book about soccer and this is how I do it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. But 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 honestly, it's a good thing to do to fall back to keep things simple with a team you're new with, or maybe you don't have all the pieces you want. Um but now it's like he's starting to accrue those pieces. I think uh, you could see a formation shift if we're starting if if our players start getting injured if we start and you know, he starts losing pieces he could you could see a shift on that um, maybe. <laughs> yeah you could you could yeah. Yeah. I could easily see it um but uh do I think it's a bad idea to move Hamas to the left? not as much, but i love the i love the ability of Hamas. Looking up, cutting in one touch and slamming it over to Luca Dean on the other side. I love the ability for him to be able to cut left and shoot and he's centralized. Yes,
1: yeah, I agree. You know? Yeah. I I I don't think he's a player who would do too great in the left, because I don't think he's a player who can beat somebody for pace. Um, hmm. um and you know, as great as his dribbling is, it is something like it's it's crazy for me to have watched, you know, these first five or six games where he's played. Um and like it almost seems like just predictable. Like, it's just like going to happen. Like he's going to cut it on his left and he's going to send it over. And, and you're like, well, how have they not stopped him from doing that yet? Yeah. yet he it like just in and out throughout <clears throat> the game. He always finds a way to do it. it. It's like, it's like watching like Arden Robin when he was in his prime, yeah. he's like, You know he's going to cut it on his left and curl it and shoot yeah. it. Going to do it. But you can't stop him. He's just so good at it. He's so quick. He's got it so down pat. It's, it's a real joy to see, you know? And I think, the first few games we've seen of him, and like the first, I'd say the first three in the Premier League, he was just just unstoppable, unreal. You just see how much class he brings to the side. And now as, as we're getting further into season and the suspensions are coming in, you know, it, he's still the creative force. He's still the person who wants the ball. Mm-hmm. And, and now teams are going to be trying to stop him. So there might be a, a reason for us to play him in a different role. Or to find a different way to use him because teams are if that's the only way we have to create, then teams will eventually stop us from doing that. We're gonna have to find a new way to do it. Um, but I mm-hmm. I, I trust Carlo to do that. I, I'm sure he has far more than just a plan A I'm sure he has plan A through plan double Z. So Well, uh
0: you know, I think it's an I, I love people getting creative with their formations. I love people like thinking it thinking outside the box this kind of stuff. Um uh I think it's it's good conversation. Um, I don't think it's without merit, the idea. I just think, you know, I can think of reasons not to, um, you know, but d- does it mean like if, if Carlo shows up and does it, I'm going to sit there and be like, no, it won't work. I'll be like, Hey, I hope this is awesome. You know, um, I'm always going to sit there and listen. If someone's got a reason to back up what they're saying, instead of just going, I think Calvert-Lewin should be an outside back because my name is Ronald Koeman, and that's the way I roll. You know? Just do what? You know, just, yeah. going <laughs> here's use my red Christmas tree. Oh, All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so just, it's such a sore spot. All right. That's the end of the mailbag, folks. That's an awful throw. I can do better. Much better.
1: All right. It's. Before we, so before we start a Newcastle, I'm gonna say one thing. I just had a mate of mine text me. Um, there's apparently a new song coming out. Um, that's supposed to be like the, like the sequel to, um, to what's it called to uh, spirit of the blues. No. Um, so it's called, uh, like C O Y B. So come on you blues. Um, it's a single by air to the blues. Um, I don't know if that's like, apparently the club's supposed to be using it and promoting it soon. So, um, it's on, it's on Apple Music is the way he sent it. I haven't listened to it yet, obviously, because we're on this podcast, and uh-huh. I don't have Apple Music, but I'll go and find it on YouTube or Spotify or something. Um, but, give, you know, go and give it a listen and see. He, he my
0: kids it. are going to flip.
1: Yes. That, that's, that's, I, don't, I, I, you know, I have no idea what it might be, but uh, he's just sent it to me. Um, so, so we'll see what happens.
0: Crazy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we put, we put uh, Spirit of the Blues on my kids, like, pump up mix before they play games. And it came on like ten minutes before we got to our his his field, and so we were all, everybody in the car was singing that. Yeah, it's been
1: so it's a great. Great. Song. It's a great song, I love it.
0: Awesome, it me it makes me smile like Goofy smile. I watched every one of those videos, man, every There's, single one. I yeah. watched them with my kids, and my wife got so sick of it. It was great. It's <laughs> so great.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh man. So all right. So anyway. Hope you all paid attention to that that was that was breaking stuff like as it's happening nice the, yes yes he's a unicorn <laughs> he's a unicorn they do exist all right uh newcastle preview just a few just to throw out some stuff current former 14th in the table with eight points they're two two and two recently they drew one one with wolves lost uh one to 40 united and beat Burnley three to one. It seems like a very meh type of thing uh, they've got going there. Possible lineup: I think Dubrovka is actually hurt, so Darlow is going to be in, in goal. Uh, Manquillo, Lascelles, Fernandez, and Lewis in the back. Hendrick and Hayden in the middle. We'll see. Uh, probably see Fraser. 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 Make sure I say that right. Not Frazier. It's very different. Coming down on you. that's right uh fraser uh almiron Mickey almiron love that guy never been an atlanta guy but i like seeing mls stars actually do stuff of course uh cent maximum and uh colin wilson i think your danger man is pretty much the entire front i could see sparks of creativity coming from any of those four players up front Mm -hmm. and obviously lascelles is a is is usually pretty forceful in the back yeah um so yeah
1: yeah they've got a lot of pace um mm-hmm. just, just going off that team which is something that hurts us typically um st Maximus had a decent start to the season mm-hmm. so i think he i think he's a decent striker um i don't think he's ever really kicked on in the way that maybe he himself expected to or a lot of people expected him to become an England player um yeah <clears throat> and brian fraser i think is a decent signing i don't think he's a bad player at all he showed some glimpses at boardmouth but um yeah, you, know, you know, I I like to think that it might be a fairly open game. Um, Newcastle, are one of those teams who blow very hot or very cold. Um, they always seem to go on like a like a six or seven game losing streak throughout the season and still find a way to stay up for the most part. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a tough one. Um, I think coming off the back of a loss to Southampton, though, I do I do think there's going to be a reaction from the players. There better be a reaction from the players because yeah. if there isn't, then there's going to be a lot. <laughs> asked not you know not just by the media but by us as fans as well kind of because we, we saw what happened at the back end of the last season after the quarantine after the lockdown and then the project restart coming around I think we saw that we just didn't look very good we weren't creating a lot of chances um I it was it, it was tough to watch sometimes it was very charged football and it, w- it would be tough to see us go back to that I don't think we will I think we've got a lot more um creative impetus in the side now with James um I, I say Anthony Orton comes in and starts. Um, and Cuckoo comes in. I was going to ask
0: you about the, about the, your lineup uh, thoughts on there. Do You think Gordon is going to be the guy?
1: I think so. I don't think, I, don't, I definitely don't think Owobi gets a nod. Um, I'd be really surprised if Bernard got the nod because I don't, I just don't think he's the answer there on the left, unfortunately. It's, it's, again, he's a nice guy, he, he's a good technical player, he's got a lot of attributes to him. But I just don't, I don't think he's really built for the Premier League, unfortunately. Um, I think a, a lot of what he has physically just kind of goes against him. Um, and I think Anthony Gordon deserves that. I think he's been really raring to go. I, I think earlier in the season, he was asking questions of Ancelotti, why he was getting left out of the squad. I think, I think he's the kind of player who would come in. And, and even if he doesn't really have a great game, he's going to be somebody who really seizes that chance and gives a role. Um, I don't want to sit here and ask questions of a will-be in terms of him not giving his all. I just don't think he had a great game, and I think it was bad enough for him to not deserve a start against Newcastle. I think Cord deserves to come in. I'd also like to see Gomez come in and replace Sigurdsson. I Personally, I think that was a mistake by Ancelotti. I understand why he did it, because Gomez was atrocious against Liverpool. He couldn't He couldn't make a pass forward. Every single pass was overhit, um, or, or just not to the man. Um, and I understand why he did it, but I'd still like Sigurdsson, man. It's it's tough for me to watch him play sometimes like I, he has so much ability. He's got so much technical ability, but the, the I don't know, his work rate used to be great. And it just doesn't seem to be there anymore. I, I think a lot of my, my friends and a lot of the people that I follow and I've followed for a long time on Twitter have said that he's the kind of player who's just, he's standing there and he's pointing to give the ball to somebody else. And he doesn't want to receive the ball himself and turn around and create something. He's just, it's almost like the fire's not in him anymore. And, and maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe his time at Everton should be up soon, but we, we paid so much for him. It's hard to find somebody where we could recoup even a decent amount of that money back. So
0: he had just been looking so good off the bench though for us. He had been, when he was coming in, Yeah, I was thinking, okay. And, and I, I, I didn't think he started the game that poorly. I just yeah. feel like, he, yeah. you know, it, I thought he was doing, doing all right. Um, I'm curious. I don't know though. I, I'm not a huge fan of when the chips are down players just kind of eh. hmm yes you know what i mean i felt like he did kind of eh, hmm you know and i'm not i don't really like that um i mean but but we let's be honest gomez had not had a good string a solid string starting there for a little while right so ugh, it's a tough one i i i'm not going to be i'm not going to throw a fit if cigarettes starts i'm just going to throw a fit if he does the same stuff and he stays in
1: of course that's yeah. what i'm going
0: to be pissed you know
1: I think that, that third midfield position, I think Allen and DeCorey have those those the defensive midfield and that first central midfield position pretty locked down. Yeah. Um, I think that third midfield possession is where, is where we're going to have questions asked. Um, I think Gomez still deserves to be the starter. I think he's the one who links up the best with the other two. And the one who's who really is the one who's trying to find passes forward more often than not. I think mm-hmm. it's still... Like, again, I think he's the better option off the bench at this point. I think he's somebody who can come in and influence the game better when it's the 60th minute and there's tired legs out there because he can find that space and create that space for himself. And he obviously has such capability shooting from long range. Like I I, I can't think of the last time he's shot from distance and it hasn't been on target. Like he he's, he's so consistent with that. It's, it's, it's such a joy to see, but it, it's, it's just that work ethic when it comes to starting matches to, to, I think, I think he's one of those players that like, when you said when the chips are down, he doesn't—he just doesn't seem to have that mental fortitude to to bring himself to say, "Well, look, we're going to get this goal back." I don't know. I may, maybe that's me questioning him too much, but it, it's it's frustrating to see him when, especially when he starts and not to grab that chance. I, I, again, I don't think he played too terribly at the first part of that game against Southampton, but he just—he didn't kick on. He didn't continue to to cr- try to create chances. Maybe that was a tactical error. Maybe it was just him. I can't—I can't really say because. I didn't, I, I need to rewatch the game to really understand it, but I, I would trust me. I,
0: it's not fun. I rewatched yeah. it. It's not fun. I,
1: <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to, honestly. I'd like to keep it back in my mind.
0: But um, yeah, I, I personally, I think if, if Gomez is healthy, you start him, you go back because that, that's just what I would do because that situation was working for Sigurdsson. And in previous matches, we were having decent results yeah. with Gomez, even though – so if he's had time to recuperate, maybe he needed a rest, cool. Yeah. We, we've given it to him. Maybe he comes back revitalized, and he looks a little more like Andre Gomez was supposed to. Uh, yeah. I, that's – I agree. I would prefer that arrangement um, because Sigurdsson is a different – it's a tactical adjustment. He's going to approach things very differently – uh than than andre gomez will um and you're going to get those creative moments uh from him normally i would hope uh so yeah man uh i'm cool with that Um uh, we're gonna see godfrey in it right back again probably
1: yeah most likely yeah i mean Fig- I, I figured unless coleman's fit i don't i don't think there's another option to really put there unless john mm-hmm. joe can fit too but i'm sure we'll know more um tomorrow or thursday um mm-hmm. Or when it comes to press conference time, as as to what Ancelotti has to say about that, he said Ancelotti. So I like I like him a lot, man. I like what he did personally. I like what he did a lot with Hammonds last week. Saying you know he's he's he took a knock from Van Dyke and he's like oh but he's fine to play. The next day he's like oh he's fine to play. Don't worry about him. And he trained and everything. And I know there was kind of a stir. And Paul Joyce, the um the uh, the writer for the Times, he he kind of took a swipe at Ancelotti there. Was like oh that point scoring. Why you know why would you mention Van Dyke by name? But Again, again, the fallout from that incident has just been—it's been wild, and it's been—it's been crazy to see it all happen. Um, mm-hmm. But we, we hopefully we all move on from it. It needs to be something that's put in the past because it's—it's—it's just—it gets old. It got old really quick, and it continues to get old.
0: I would—I would wonder, frankly, if Paul Joyce was not a Liverpool supporter, if he would still have asked that question. You know, okay. I think he would probably say, "Of course I would. It's newsworthy." You know, he'd probably say that. But I just don't think it would be worded
1: like that i just don't it, it seemed like he took offense to, to, yeah. to what Angelotti was saying it seemed like yeah. he took it on a personal level because typically a reporter doesn't you know keeps keeps your composure and doesn't ask a question like that unless they take something on a personal level or you know i don't know but he is a liverpool supporter despite what coffee try to say he is not a blue yeah, he, he is a supporter it's it's pretty plain to see oh um, yeah oh
0: yeah. he gives all kinds of uh updates on our preseason matches when the scores aren't going well for us
1: exactly yeah seriously yeah yeah yeah.
0: yeah whatever cool um so prediction what's the score gonna be
1: uh i say 2-1 Everton. um i think we we kick back and win oh this is something i didn't touch on is that what can you can read
0: that on? can you read that right there that bottom line
1: i see it yeah yeah Two one i i want to touch on this real I, quick i'm i'm really disappointed with the fact that we haven't been keeping clean sheets um oh yeah. Uh, it's it's like I know that Michael Keane is playing well, but we we haven't kept a clean. I don't. We didn't keep one against West Ham, did we? They scored, right? I'm not going crazy. In the Carabao Cup, I'll talk about the league. It doesn't matter. I Wait, think
0: we. I think they did score. Yes, okay. they did. Like right after halftime, I think. Yeah.
1: We haven't yeah. kept a clean sheet since Spurs, uh, you know, opening day of the season, and that's a worry. I know that goals in the Premier League are everywhere right now, and that clean sheets seem to be a thing of the past. They're not going to ever exist again. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 not good if we're having to score, you know, two to three goals every game to be able to win, you know, five two against West Brom, four two against Brighton. You, mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't go into games that this that kind of makes me think of Martinez towards his you know last you know yeah. in his last couple of seasons where yes we we're scoring goals but we're we're shipping goals like crazy. It makes me think of that game against Bournemouth that was like six two six three, you know, like we we can't we can't have score lines like that. We need mm-hmm. I would rather us win two nil. Then us win six two. Because I see six two and I think, God, like we played really well going forward, but we still got caught out in the back. We can see the two goals like in other circumstances. That could be a two-two draw, that could be a two-one. Yes. Like, you don't know what like, we can't we got we can we've got to find a way to get clean sheets because that's only gonna build the defense's confidence confidence. It's gonna build Pickford's confidence, especially. Pickford's
0: the one I was thinking of. Yeah. You know, that was when you were saying that, I was like, just think about that. You know, you're you're sitting there keeping clean sheets over and over and over again. Yep. And Feel and feel and like part it. of it is us not putting him in certain positions. Got yeah. it. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Um, but there's going to be times where he just needs to be sharp. And it's just, it's a collective effort to not be doing, not be keeping clean sheets. Yeah. It is collective right now. And, and until we actually get a little continuity on the defense, because let's, let's be frank, we had a, a backup to a backup right back at our previous match, yep. didn't help things. Now, he's a stout defender, but he got found out a time or two. It did happen, you know? Um, I love the kid, he's gonna be a, he's a great player, I love him. I just don't, I, I don't wanna rely on him at right back, okay? So, I do think that that didn't help things. Um, uh, but a little continuity on the defense, uh, and, uh, you know, we'll see what can happen from there. It's a genuine concern, though, Forrest. I, I'm with you, man. Uh, I'll I'll take a I'll take uh, points any way I can get them, but there's going to be times where it's it's nil nil late.
1: Yep, and we we've got to keep our heads. Yeah, yeah. No, no. but yeah, stay,
0: t- stay together, cheeks.
1: We went to the blues.
0: Yeah, this is <laughs> uh, okay. All right, so that is the end of the show. Hey, yay! So Forrest do you have any uh any stuff I need to plug any like hey it's uh, Forrest's I don't know house of oddities that you run up in Annapolis <laughs> or something anything where you're like hey I this is my my thing and I'm Forrest uh
1: I want to I want to sit here and make a trailer park boys reference I don't know how many people watch that
0: I've, I've seen like one season so I don't know
1: no I w- I won't then but um just, you know, just follow my Twitter. Um, I'm, I, that's typically the, the one social media account that I'm, I'm most, um, I'll say vulnerable, but more visible and, and open to conversation on my Instagram is private. It's, it's more of a personal thing for me with pictures. Mm-hmm. My face was my Facebook. I typically, if, if I know you personally, I'm going to add you on there. Or you can add me, but, um, you at USA EFC, you know, that mm-hmm. that's my Twitter handle. I, I interact. I'd love to interact. Uh, hopefully in the near future, uh, I'll be, I'll be doing some writing as well. Um, I know I've had some cool. offers from, um, I think, from the Toffee Blues and from a couple of other websites to do some writing for them, but it's just never come in a good time in my life. I think now um, I'm starting a new job soon. I'll be, I'll be on my computer a lot more, so I'll have a lot more opportunity to be able to write. Um, so, yeah. Oh, well, you provide
0: just the best segue. Look at how you do segue. You give great segue, my friend. So, <laughs> uh, hopefully, you do. Right for the toffee blues at some point that would be cool honestly if i'm reading anything of yours that's cool i just like the idea of uh seeing uh seeing my, my 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 people's you know sitting there developing kind of doing their stuff and especially the fact that you're that's a genuine like you know path for you that's that's great um so uh they're always always uh, looking for some you know, hungry writers that are, that can give some solid analysis. Uh, very cool. Uh, you would join a, a team full of cool cats over there who are all nice to me, usually. They're very kind. Uh, so anyway, uh, as, as he mentioned, uh, Tommy Blues does have a website. Uh, there's a lot of uh, Everton-based content, all things Everton. You see some of the contributors on this channel all the time uh, if you're watching via YouTube, or if you're listening via podcast, you probably hear them on here all the time as well uh so check out the toffee blues website you can see the <clears throat> the stories player ratings match reactions all that kind of thing on there check that out um, and maybe maybe in the future uh, a little bit of forest um, also if you uh, if you're not a subscriber to the toffee blues on youtube please uh, please do so we'd appreciate it just honestly it, it's all about just making us feel nice about life that's just the number goes up and big thumbs up. It just feels, it's, it's all it's about, you know? Uh, so do that. Um, we'd really appreciate it. Drop us, some, drop us a, a comment here, here or there, you know, drop us a message. We appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, and uh, yeah, and last thing, people who are, who are on podcast, you can't see this, but I'm holding up a copy of my children's book, Randolph the Christmas Moose which actually came from a Toffee Blues podcast. The idea came from that. And oh my gosh, me and my friend who is actually a Liverpool supporter made this book. And it's all about a moose who likes to run. So yeah, uh, moose wants to be a reindeer. The reindeer don't, moose wants to run with the reindeer. Reindeer don't let him, but he ends up training to try to train with them. And then they're like, no, you know what? You're a big moose. So you have to go to the loading dock. But he ends up working his way through and Santa ends up being cool with them. It, it's kind of a, it's the anti-Rudolph story, essentially. I didn't like Rudolph the Red News Reindeer. I felt like he was kind of, uh, I don't know, he was treated poorly. And then when they were like, hey, Rudolph, we need you. He's like, okay, guys, I'm back. And so this is, this is the anti-Rudolph story. So if you end up with a, wanting a weird book for Christmas, yay, that's my plug. Yay! So yeah, I never plug that well. I'm just telling you, I'm new to marketing my own stuff. I don't know how to do it yet. I got a
2: hundred copies of it.
0: (laughs) There we go. See, Forrest, I need you on all the time to pitch my stuff. (laughs) I'm so bad at it. Always like at the last second, I'm like, oh yeah, uh, marketing. Eh, eh, I don't know how to say nice stuff about my stuff. So yeah, anyway, if you feel like checking it out, do it, please. I appreciate it. Anyway, that is it, Forrest. I just want to tell you Thank you so much for coming on. It is nice to meet you. Yeah, nice had, you. W- when I first got on, I had no idea you're from North Carolina. Yeah. And that's freaking awesome. No, I actually, I uh, played college soccer for Belmont Abbey. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I was there in the 90s, oddly enough. So yeah, I know Charlotte pretty well. I went to UNC Charlotte for a couple of years too, oddly enough. So yeah, cool. probably way before you because I'm
1: old. <laughs> you Don't look it.
0: Well, you said, yeah, the gray. Look at all that. It's there. <laughs>
1: I thought it was Bond. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, these are my highlights. It's <laughs> gray highlights, all these. Are, yeah. So anyway, but it's really cool. Hopefully we're in town. We hang out uh, down in Charlotte. That'd be really fun. Uh, love the opportunity. But um, honestly, just talking with you here, this has been awesome. Good to talk to you and uh, good luck and uh, becoming uh, the next uh, Everton Director of Communications.
1: Okay. <laughs> there that's that's my life passion my life do it so i'll get there i'm not worried
0: do it i want i want to be able to go over there and be I should point to my kid point point you out to my kids and be like that guy he's gonna take us on a tour right now check this out so i <laughs> hey, guess where i got your seats <laughs> <on>. <laughs> uh, i'll literally settle for setting foot in england <laughs> for now we're gonna settle for that <laughs> uh forrest thanks so much man and for everybody else out there um good news it was a pretty low point on Sunday. I think we're in for some more positivity coming up this weekend. Let's do this. Three points. Uh, no more nonsense, please. And I don't care what color kit we're wearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Forrest, take care, man. Thanks again. All right, no, everybody. You, also, sorry. It's like you were talking. I was like, I'm talking at the same time you are, and they can't hear you. And especially they can't hear you on a podcast. Oh, my gosh. So, so forest, see you later, man. Thanks.
1: Yes, Jerry. Thanks for having me on, man.
0: All right. All right, everybody else. Bye bye. Have a good one. Take care. Later. Bye.